accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Continuing our run through of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now, we're up to the episode called "A Simple Investigation." It is the 17th episode of the fifth season, aired on March 31, 1997. Written by Rene Echevarria, directed by John Kretschmer, which is a name I've never heard before. In this episode, Odo falls for a mysterious woman who is targeted for murder. A very short description. A very simple episode, I guess you could say. We're joined by Clay, as always. Clay, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode, but I can tell you, I knew this about myself going in, but this episode only confirmed it. I did not need to see a post-coital o- Odo in any <laughs> circumstance. Um, you, you didn't want to, uh, you, you didn't notice his immaculately uh, changeling nips that are just no, poking out there? No, and uh, I mean, I didn't need to see him like changeling finger bang his girlfriend yep. at the end there either that was i i could have done without it i guess <laughs> his, i'm 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 happy to see that that odo has a very non-binary sexual history yeah but uh i could have you could have kept his clothes on and had him talk about that i think probably renee echeverry had to uh not echeverry uh Abergenois had to um shave his body for that the writer shaving his body as a, as a solidarity would have been a nice thing to do but uh, <laughs> the actor had to shave his entire upper body and being french probably a hirsute uh, man i've said uh, at this point in his life he looks like he might be a hirsute so it looks like that would be <laughs> potentially a problem for him at that point but he made a lot of sacrifices for a pretty mediocre episode in my opinion but we're going to take a break Aww. play an audio clip me and clay are going to come back and break down a simple investigation look at this I was checking the contents of one of those crates a tentacle grabbed my hand god Klingons have been getting regular shipments of it since the day they were posted here. I can't believe they eat that stuff. Mm. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you looking at? Well, I'm... Actually, I'm... Never mind. What? Ah, it's embarrassing. Would you just tell me? Last night, a woman in Quarks told me I have bedroom eyes. I'm trying to see if it's true. Tell me about this woman. She thought I was trying to seduce her. It was all just a misunderstanding. You say so? You gonna see her again? I have no idea. Why? Obviously, she's very perceptive. Meaning what? Meaning... You should see her again. So, it's a simple investigation. A fairly simple episode. I don't think this one is particularly good. But what say you, Clay? I thought it was great. I really liked it. Really interesting. Y- yeah. Um, I I thought it was one of my uh, more favorite mystery episodes. Actually, um, I don't think it's perfect. I think it's the the bad guys kind of disappear and just spend most of the episodes sitting in the cargo hold eating burritos mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> polishing um, their guns. Yeah. But what what I did like was how it took the the, it wasn't about the mystery as much as the connection between um, the girl's character, who, which I can't like. What do you remember what her name is? I think her name is Arissa. 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 
between Arissa and Odo. I thought that stuff was good. Um, yeah, I, I just I like the character work. I thought the the mystery was whatever. I like the twist with the uh, device at the end because at first I was thinking it and it was just the the plot the Catwoman plot from Dark Knight Rises where she was after the the, the clean slate mm-hmm. uh, to get her out of whatever you know evil shit she was doing. I like the kind of Philip K. Dick twist to it at the end that it's actually kind of more of a total recall scenario. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and I liked I liked the way they managed to break them up without ha- resorting to having to like kill her or something. Uh, or have her, her betray him in some way. Yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I um, I guess I if, for me it has a couple things going against it that Star Trek usually has. It falls into a couple of the plot hole or not plot hole. It falls into a couple of the usual problem uh, episodes that we have. It's a romance episode in forty minutes, which is always kind of difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I think it highlights a that- thing. Of- I was just sorry. I was going to say that was my one big thing thinking about it, though, was like, Odo should know better than to fall in love with this woman. That That's not super consistent with his character. Yeah, we. I mean, we can we can start there. See, I think he he falls in love with her very quickly, and I'm not convinced it's for especially a good reason for Odo to fall in love with anybody. Yeah, that's fair. Um, And I, I guess we can just move into the other thing about it is that I think you know, Star Trek is always said to have the character who is the outcast character. Spock is the first one in the original series. Then you have Data, uh, and then Odo is considered this one. And then you'd have someone like the Doctor in Voyager. Um, mm-hmm. They're the character who is the outsider person, where DS9 has a lot of outsiders. But Odo is the, the, the one who like tries to figure out humanity. He seems the most um, separate from humanity in the way that Data and Spock are very unique and separate from it. And... I think Odo is actually the hardest character for me to really embrace as that role. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about this before when he got his shape-shifting abilities back. To me, a lot of the Odo stuff about Odo trying to figure out his humanity and like what it means to be a human and stuff doesn't ring particularly true because... To me, he is human, except he can change his shape. Like, he doesn't doesn't have Spock's... um, logic problem of trying to like interact with emotional creatures and he's the logical one and so he always can't have a he has trouble understanding why McCoy reacts the way he does and things like that and Data Mm -hmm. has no understanding of why people act the way they do because he is again very logical and the doctor's a hologram so he has that going for it it seems like you need something more than an alien species because Odo I never really understand why Odo feels like he's so separate from everyone because he acts largely human in every other mm. context. Yeah. No, it, I think uh yeah, they they kind of they kind of forget where that line is drawn with him. Um because I, they've kind of humanized him past the point of of his outsiderness really being that effective anymore. I mean, even to the point where if I don't know, I feel like he probably shouldn't have slept with that woman just like out of mechanics reasons or something, you know, like, like that seems like an easy place. They could have drawn that line still. You mean to make some um, conflict with like his changeling status won't like it. It doesn't technically work for them or yeah, something. Or, yeah. or like, you know, do the kind of thing where, where it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm having, I'm having memories of what the feeling of love might be. But since I've become a changeling again, though, that stuff just doesn't register with me anymore. 
so I'm I'm acting on what I what I remember about the time that I spent as a human and mm. physical love is not something that I am really interested. You know that kind of thing where yeah, it's like yeah. where he's he's kind of he wants to he he wants to be in love with this woman but he's just acting on like it's the, the a data kind of thing where it's like he's he's uh, learning how to laugh but not why laughing is a thing that kind of thing. Yeah, I I guess now that you're kind of I hadn't really thought about it but this, the sex scene probably would have made more sense if he did not enjoy the process of it. Yeah. Like if, you know, if he was only, if he was talking, because he, he compares it to the Great Link sex that he has with the mm. other changeling a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, it'd be more, I think it would be more interesting and isolate him as more of an outsider if he didn't care for the human aspects of being human. Like if yeah. that, if that was not something that really interested, like he, he wanted to feel love, but he didn't care for the physical intimacy that humans would prefer to have like he has a different response to that kind of stuff and yeah. I, I think that or, would have been a better way to separate him from her yeah or even that he that he wants to enjoy that stuff and he wants to feel that stuff but he realized it i mean maybe it would have been interesting if at the end of that scene he was like yeah i'm sorry that i'm glad you enjoyed that but that just that i just, guess that wasn't that <laughs> isn't for me i suppose right, you yeah. know that kind of thing where it's like he wants to experience those things but when he actually does them, he realizes that, you know, it's not it's just not for him. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I think is a is, is really um, a really sad character thing where it's like uh, just everything, everything just turns to ashes in your mouth kind of thing, that kind of thing. Yeah, I would have I would have thought that would have been sadder than the ending, which I don't find particularly sad because yeah. I don't feel that the ending really I, I think it's kind of it's like. I'm probably less impressed with the mystery than you are, which we'll get into, but I feel like the ending is, the ending feels like it's something that should be sad, and maybe it felt sad on paper and in the outline when they wrote it, but when it comes Mm -hmm. down to it, me watching it, I'm kind of like, yeah, like, just didn't work out for Odo there. Like, I I don't feel any tragedy to it. Like, I don't feel that way when he accepted that he would never fall in love, or Kira would never feel love for him in that episode. Like, that felt sadder to me than this does. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it just ties into th- that felt like more of a character work here. And I feel like Odo's outsider status isn't all that important to me at this point. Like he's not really that kind of a character. And I think that he understands a lot more than the um, scripts tend to give him credit for when they're put in this kind of situation where they're trying to figure out what Odo thinks about being human. And I agree that the sex scene, the sex scene working out and being perfect is probably not the best way that that should have gone for him at that point. Yeah, I'd be curious to know how the writers at this point think of him. Because, I mean, maybe they don't think of him as much as that outsider character anymore. Um, I don't know. It's it's a coin flip. I, I, always, think, because... I always had a hard time thinking of him as much of an outsider anyway. He, yeah. you know, he's like, what, what would you say is the most, what, what does Odo not understand? the most out of out of like human perception or like human the the human understanding of like how the world works what do you think odo sits mostly outside of that i have a hard time thinking of something concrete Um, outside of love and love mostly seems to be that he's sort of um inexperienced to it like he's mm -hmm. never pursued it and he doesn't uh actively you know he doesn't actively go after things like that and a lot of this episode is the other characters egging him on but you know, outside of his like authoritarian streak, which isn't doesn't even seem that unhuman because it seems like you could be a human with that point of view. 
it's really just his love relationships because he has friendships. He's friendly with everyone else on the ship or the, uh, the station and stuff. So I don't, I don't really know why they consider him to be such a stranger in a strange land. Well, if he's anything like me, it's the rules of field hockey because I've tried to understand that game and I, it just does not <laughs> click with me. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I would be more interested. I don't know if he doesn't understand much. Uh, I, I kind of view it less that he doesn't understand it and more that maybe I'm just projecting my, my, uh, um, idealized view onto how they would handle him. But I kind of feel like it's less him misunderstanding things as much as him not understanding why it doesn't work for him. Okay. Or I guess that's how I would like him to be portrayed because he doesn't he doesn't seem like an idiot. He doesn't he doesn't do the not that Spock and Data and, and those other characters are idiots, but they you know they, there's usually some sort of like language barrier, so to speak, in the things that they do, which ends up coming off as kind of silly and embarrassing in some some sense. Yeah, and Odo ironically, never, neither of them can be embarrassed. Really, yes, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, Odo has never really had a lot of that, so it's it doesn't feel to me like he doesn't understand human stuff. It's just that some human stuff doesn't work for him uh, and doesn't work out the way that he thinks it should. And maybe that's what misunderstanding is. I don't know. Why, why do you think that it doesn't work out for him? In what sense? Like just just the fact that the romance doesn't work out for him or like he can never get what he wants? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I've just never I've never seen him as the kind of character that is that there's that sort of cultural barrier, really, as much as. Uh, uh, there being a bar a barrier uh, of his uh, own physical capabilities and and the place that he comes from. Mm. So where you could you could say the same thing about Data to an extent because he wants to be human but he can't because he's a robot. Yes. Um, but he but he also has a misunderstanding of what that process is and what it means to be human, and that's kind of what he's trying to figure out. Whereas Odo is never he kind he kind of gets it. He he's not. He's not removed from the idea of being more human or or or, or uh, uh, relating to these people. It's just that there are things about him that he is embarrassed about personally because they do not line up with what the other people means. That's why he's you know he's so um, he's so embarrassed about the fact that he sleeps in a bucket. Right. You know it's it's not it's not that he doesn't understand it. It's that he's slightly embarrassed that the things that he wants don't work for him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's true. Maybe it's just a problem with Star Trek at large where there's so it's many other, there's so many other weird aliens that it's kind of surprising that Odo feels that way, you know? Yeah. Like it th there's a lot of weird stuff that happens on the station and I and I can understand that being his drive and him him feeling like an outsider because of this ability. I just I really sort of cling to the idea that his change his shape-shifting ability is not that alienating. For me, mm. like, I don't think that a lot of the other humans or aliens in the in the world are kind of like, wow, what a freak. Like, he can shapeshift yeah. or something. I think it's a personal thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, everybody's got that thing that they're embarrassed about, that if you told someone how much you were embarrassed about it, they go, come on, that's not a big deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I'm willing and to buy into that, I think. Yeah. And I think being the only one in a group or uh or an environment of people that generally don't have that one thing wrong with them you know you put wrong in quotation marks there yep um 
that's going to make him feel that much more uh, uh, self-conscious about it, you know? Yeah, and I, I guess you have to take into account the fact that he has never met another of his kind until recently. Like, he grew up yeah. his entire life not knowing what he was, uh, yeah. and maybe that adds to it. I think that the thing that I that strikes me about Odo is that I feel like Odo is the... What Odo shares with people like Spock and Data is that he has kind of, or more, probably more Data... He has a, while he's extremely competent in everything at what he does, he has kind of a juvenile experience level with things. Mm, And so his like his romance plays into that where it feels like he's kind of like naive about what to do and and everything like that. And his weaknesses in that regard always seem to be that he's just unfamiliar with human culture and how things are supposed to go. So he's very nervous about putting his foot into the water, Mm -hmm. Um, which is okay. I don't. I don't mind it. I just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I guess it never really strikes me as very effective for the Odo character. And I feel like it should be because there's no one else on the station that fits this character mold the way that he does. Mm-hmm. I just don't know for her how like archetypal that Star Trek character type is. I don't know if Odo really perfectly fits into it in a way that Data does, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, <clears throat> I think in this episode in particular, um, it shouldn't be, oh, isn't it great that Odo found love, even if it was ripped away for a second? It should probably more like, oh, isn't it sad that Odo can't find the love that he thinks that he wants? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, and it's, I mean, it's just that it would turn into a much sadder episode, but, uh, um, well, that would play into what I, what I the two, there are two scenes in this episode that I actually think are very good. And I think that mm-hmm. maybe it highlights that problem. It's uh, the first one is when he interrupts Bashir on the holodeck scene. Yes. Yeah. I love that scene. And I also mm-hmm. love when Kira and Dax are gossiping about him and yeah, Worf interjects. Like this episode gets a five from me, explicitly based on a woman. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which might be the best line direct uh, line <laughs> delivery he's ever done on the show. <laughs> it is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> a woman. Nice. <laughs> nice. So he's um, he the the, and I think that the reason that those scenes you know that they wrote that thinking he would deliver it like a woman. That's nice. <laughs> it's, it's so, a- not to do a quick aside, but uh, um, it, years ago I went to see Tom Jones. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to see Tom Jones in concert, and it was a fantastic show. And uh, Tom Jones does a lots of covers. He's mostly known for songs that he did not write. He does a lot of covers and whatnot. And um, uh, one of the songs that he did was uh, Bob Seger's We've Got Tonight. Sure. And if you know the Bob Seger song, it's a song about two lonely people essentially meeting in a bar who and uh, finding solace in each other in the fact that for maybe for a couple hours, they are not alone, right? Mm, very fitting when with this Tom, episode. How, how thematic. Yeah. Yeah. When Tom Jones sang that song, it was like, We've Got Tonight. And I'm gonna fuck you so hard. Yeah, it yeah. was like the sleaziest thing I've ever heard in my. It was fantastic, but it was like he took this song that was just like this uh, um, de- not depressing. Yeah, yeah, introspective. You know, uh, maybe there's light in the world kind of kind of song, and turned it into just a song about just like steaming up the windows. <laughs> and that's how I feel like Avery Brooks approached that line. 
I mean, that's uh, that's what you want from your cover. You want your personality to change yeah. whatever the song is, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think <laughs> that's that's nice. <laughs> now, now I just I'm imagining that there's 30 takes of that, and they're just like Avery, please tone it down. It's just that's <laughs> nice. Just just can't get over it. There's the one where he's like a woman. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Bring on Ciroc Lofton and uh, let's tone this down. <laughs> Avery, please stop licking your lips before you say that's nice. <laughs> There's some smacking lip noises coming from off, stay off screen here, Avery. Um, the reason, stop pretending to hump the console, please. <laughs> the reason I think that it works for those two is because those scenes potentially highlight Odo's problem for me in a way that I don't really mm-hmm. feel that I get from his relationship with the girl. And I kind of like, I like, I like the idea of the crew sort of cheerleading behind him or trying to give him advice to stuff. And I think that the casting is at this point, like those scenes work because they're all familiar with each other. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that I, th- I liked seeing those scenes because I like seeing the reaction of the crew to Odo. And I think that they yeah. could have built off that a little bit more in that maybe he rejects it. By the end, like they're pushing him in a way that he's not comfortable with going and he realizes that he doesn't co- totally fit in because he doesn't want to bow to this kind of pressure. And I feel that that's a that also feel very, you know, the romance thing is always very juvenile. And this this feels very mm-hmm. high schooly juvenile of like, oh, yeah. they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. And even all that stuff, even down to the fact that Kira is visibly jealous. Yes. Yep. Which I appreciated. Um, but, you know, I know what you're saying, but I don't know. I, I don't I think. I like seeing the rest of the the crew relegated to that sort of like gossipy thing because I don't think it's about I don't I don't think the story is about Odo going to everybody else for for like uh ad- advisement in the situation. No, I think I, it's yeah. something he has to work out for himself. I agree. Um, I, I still I do like the Bashir stuff. I think just oh, the, no, the way that they great. stage the yeah. Bashir thing is very funny. Um Yeah, I thought that was great. I really like the gossip scene. Uh uh I thought I thought Worf was really good in that scene too. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> They're so good at Worf at this point where he's yeah. he he he's he's trying to defend Odo's honor and gossip seems like such a thing that a Klingon an honorable Klingon would be against and it's, it's just such a perfect um jedzia like we're, we're, you're gossiping you're not talking about him yeah very funny yeah and i i like that the gossip they touch on it behind the uh um peripherally where i, f- I forget exactly what it is but uh um where one of the characters is like what who told you that was it him and he's like no it was him like it was one of yeah. those things where it clearly oh it was the bedroom eyes thing where he's where ba- bashir says oh bedroom eyes and he's and oda's like did Kira tell you that? No. Was it Dax? No, it was O'Brien. So yes. it clearly had gotten around the station. Yep. Which I think is I think is funny and I think it I think it works. I think it makes sense that they would have that sort of it doesn't surprise me that this crew has that sort of relationship. Whereas it would it would be a little bit no, I was gonna say be a little bit more surprising on on the Enterprise, but maybe not. I don't know. They they all seem pretty pretty cool with each other. I think it would be a little um, bit surprising. Um yeah. I think this the series do differentiate from each other that DS9's crew scenes have a friendly edge to them. The TNG, yeah. TNG was always business. Like no one was ever sort of goofing around or talking about uh, nonsense when they were together on TNG. It was mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of um, business or talking about work that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Right, Riker always had a little bit of. I, if anybody knew gossip on the ship, it would have been Riker. A little, little, little gleam in his eye as he's talking to yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, uh, you know, I my favorite scene I think actually was the scene with Odo and oh, shit. What the hell's her name? Uh, Arissa. Arissa. I don't know. I can't remember that. Arissa explains uh, it all. Arissa explains it all. Yes. 
the scene with uh, Odo and Arissa in his quarters when they first go there. First of all, great use of the transporter. I don't know why they don't do that shit all the time. Although, where they wouldn't the assassins realize that Odo never came out the door again? That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they could assume that he's in there staying with her or something oh, you okay. know, to sure. protect her, I guess. But yeah. But in general, good idea. Um, and I, I liked that scene. I was kind of hoping at that point that it wouldn't turn into a straight up romance because I liked what they were doing in that scene more than I think I liked the romance stuff, which was having Odo um, appeal to help her or or decide to help her because he has this similar sense of of being um someone formerly being someone in bondage who had to do terrible things and having to deal with the 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 sins of his past that right, kind of thing cuz he worked for the Cardassians he brings yeah, up Yeah, I like that stuff a lot and I thought that was a great I liked that a lot more as a foundation for their relationship if it has to get romantic I was happy it was based in that sort of um meeting of the minds as far as like character motivations yeah. then then instead of instead of him just having the hots for her, you know cuz like yeah. he doesn't even he doesn't even really understand his feelings for her up until that point cuz it's like oh this this hot girl is is talking to me weird i'm not really sure what's going on here and then he kind of you know then it kind of clicks in for him which i i like that stuff i thought that was good yeah i i don't i don't really have any um, I do. I agree that I think that that's a good foundation for them to build off of. I think that you know it suffers from. I'm not going to get too into it, but it suffers from all the generic 40 minute problem romance episodes. Like I, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have great chemistry with each other. Um, there's nothing mm. wrong with the actress or anything, but it just it, it doesn't feel like anything lands at that short amount of time. And I think that the romance itself doesn't really pay off for me. And I think maybe one of the bigger problems, which will tie into the other part of the episode, is that the the mystery plot to me really loses me because it's a lot of talking about stuff and it's a lot of her explaining different names about what's going on. And it's a pretty simple mystery when all is said and done. And I think that the reveal is kind of cute and, you know, makes sense in the way she can't be with Odo. But the I, I feel the episode loses a lot of steam every time it's her explaining to Odo what's going on with her and Nevin or whatever this guy who's hunting her down in the Orion Syndicate and they're looking for this mm-hmm. thing. It really is. It really drags for me and it doesn't help well, the episode. Yeah, that's why I said I I, did, I I actually thought it was kind of a good use of that stuff because I didn't even I didn't give a shit about that stuff. Like it, I was more interested in in the relationship stuff with Odo and the girl. Yeah, and I thought the the. Mystery was a good um, framing device to to get into that stuff. You didn't think it was too um, much. I I, th- I just thought it was too much. It, I felt like yeah, every other scene so. was them talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess they could have dialed it back a bit, or if anything, I might have uh, um, added some more antagonist stuff because, mm-hmm. like I said, it's the the two assassins spend the entire episode in the cargo bay eating you know burritos. Yeah. Uh, which is really weird. Um, and so the, the, the opening added... scene is that the guy who they kill is a terrible actor. Like it's he's really awful in the opening scene. It doesn't set. Up I don't even remember. I, he had like two lines, didn't he? He does, but there's so one of them is like he's like I don't even know what you're talking about. When they, when they ask him like where the chip. I is don't even him. know what you're talking about. I don't even know. Hit it again. Hit it again. Nice. Uh, um, th- I mean that's the. Uh, yeah, I just. I, I feel that even on the, the like the mystery angle, uh, 
Well, it's not like an unfair episode or anything. I just, it's one of those mystery things where they're clearly not super interested in the mystery. And maybe it's it's obviously more about the romance and everything. Mm -hmm. But it does feel like one of those mysteries where it's just kind of a slow trickle of information. And maybe you could say that about Mm -hmm. all mysteries. That's how all mysteries feel. But here it just, like her... I didn't, I didn't feel like any of the stuff that was really the things that were making it a mystery were super interesting. Like, they're like, you know, they throw away at the end. They're like, well, we kind of gave her a genetic memory to trust this guy intrinsically. That's why she shows up. It's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of lazy um, justification for everything that happens. And it's not problematic, but at the same time, it doesn't grab me. I don't know. I, I liked I liked the turn at the end. Um because I, I thought it was, I thought it made the crystal thing a lot more interesting. Because um, I, you know, at the end of the day, all, all the talk they do, the essential problem is that she needs to get that crystal because it's going to somehow free her from whatever. But she yes. doesn't. I don't even think she knows how at that. point. She doesn't know what it is, which I, which is maybe problematic. I don't know. It's a personal yeah. call, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, like I mentioned, the Dark Knight Rises. I, I don't find it any more or less problematic than that thing, which is just this vague computer program that can wipe your history clean and, you know, that kind of thing, whatever. Yeah, well, I was um, thinking, for if you want to mention Nolan, I think what the twist misses here is, like, how the twist of Memento... It doesn't have to be a Memento-level twist, but I think that, like, mm-hmm. the when you realize the twist of Memento, it kind of redefines everything that had happened to that point, and I kind of mm-hmm. wish that there was a little bit more of, like ultimately it feels like this twist happens because they need to separate her from Odo and this is a good way as any to get that done and it doesn't really change what she had been doing to him the entire time well you know I think it might be if they they don't give any indication of what she's going to do after she gets out gets away from the bad guys Mm -hmm. so maybe if they had given some indication I know this is still moving pretty fast but you know 40 minute romance you got to do what you got to do um, if they had, maybe if Odo had offered her a position at Quark's bar, uh, and asked if, and you know, like, like the doctor did at the end, I have this, I have this store, I need someone to run and you can live in my house. Right. Um, if it had been something like that, where she had intended to stay with him, uh, in some way or, or pursue this relationship in some way. Before the twist uh, you're talking about. Before the twist. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- therefore, when you give her her memories back, she's like, well, obviously I can't do that. I have a husband. I got to leave. Because um, they don't really give you any indication that she's not going to just leave at the end of the episode, you know? Yeah. Um, By the so way, if her, they, her if husband, had... what a trooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she she signs up to be like a webcam girl or something is the way that yeah, she... Yeah, like a psycho prostitute or something <laughs> like that. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean that insane wise. I mean like selling her mind to people. Yeah, she's like a... 24th century version of a, a, a cam girl who just allows people to basically have sex with her mind or something. Her husband or is something. really a na- like a, a national hero, I think, for this planet. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things where he doesn't totally understand exactly <laughs> what she was doing. <laughs> she was just like, I have to go on a mission for like four years. Um, maybe see you in the future, I yes. guess. Yes, the, the, we need the Arnold Schwarzenegger laughing at himself video from Total Recall at the end about what's what's actually gone down. But yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but the twist... See at the party, Odo. The, the twist, I think that would have made... That would have been something that I would have welcomed. If the, yeah. if the reveal and the twist had undone something that Odo thought was going yeah. super well, as opposed to just okay at that point, yeah. I think that would have been better. Yeah, because there's no... 
no indication that it's anything other than like a one night stand kind of. No, I mean, I shouldn't I shouldn't put that much of a label on it, but it's their relationship is very nebulous. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, there's nothing implying that she's going to stay or whatever. And I think I think it's a nice way to break them up without, like I said, without her being a, a, a an asshole to him or dying or anything. Uh, but yeah, I think the twist would have held more water if, if it had, like you said, actively been undoing something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't have too much else to say. Let's play, let's just play an audio clip. We'll get to some patron thoughts and then our final thoughts about this one. It's called simple investigation. Here's another clip. She spent the night in his quarters. He had her under protective custody. Come on, Narice. He could have put her somewhere else. You know how Odo is. He likes to be thorough. It was more than that. Commander. What makes you say that? Instinct. Jadzia. What? You asked to be told when the sensor array became available. Thank you. Odo and a woman. It was bound to happen sooner or later, right? I suppose. You can begin your experiment at any time. I'm talking to Kira. You're not talking. You're gossiping. And besides, Odo is quite capable of taking care of himself. Don't shout across the room. If you want to gossip with us, then come down here. Where is Odo? He asked me to arrange a conference with Starfleet Intelligence at 0800. I guess he's running late. He's never late. He's never spent the night with a woman before. A woman? That's nice. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you support the, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. A couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. And you can be like these fantastic people, Stephen Cobb, Sean, Captain Quark, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, Jay Stanley, David Kay, Nick Sergi, Nathan Elliott, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Will Yates, Matt Flores, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, Robert Cummins, Andrew Cherlog, Spinobi, Russ Graham, Decker Sebastiani, Bradley Killens, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Ben Douglas, Calbert, Joint Mango, and Tark Latif, who are our Captain Tier supporters and is much appreciated. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. All right, Clay, so let's read some patron thoughts. Uh, if you support the show on Patreon, you get to leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes and we read them. Here's a couple of them. Zam Nuclear mm-hmm. Wessel says, A simple investigation. This may be the sexiest heterosexual romance in Trek, although with Odo a shapeshifter again, maybe heterosexuality doesn't apply. Plus, I like the small touch of how Kira encourages it and is then sort of blindsided by her feelings when it actually happens. Stephen Cobb says, I have so, so many questions about changeling sex, but I'm afraid to Google for answers. Also, Odo is hardly that charming. It takes months to discern his affection from his gruffness and dry wit. Uh, next. I, I was really, speaking of, uh, speaking of that sex scene, I was very grossed out at that point when she's like looking at his face and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, I look a little bit different every day, but I do go out of my way to make sure my scowl is consistent. And then he was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not, a, he's not a, um, he's not a sexy flirt really in this, they, no. uh, and, but they also don't do it intentionally. Like, I think it's just the, the writing isn't very strong there for what Odo would yeah. do. Like they're not trying to embarrass him or anything. Uh, but it just, I, I, I really didn't like the, um, where he's like, could you tell it was my first time? And she says, no. It is like, this is this is stupid. Like, why, why <laughs> Yeah, that's he... the thing. He's too good at this. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's he's too, like, uh, traditionally uh, r- romantic, I guess, is is a word to yeah. use. I don't yeah, know if that's the right to, word. I'm trying to think of the right word. He's too, um, 
he, he, I guess I'd say comfortable, maybe. Like, yeah. he's, he's too familiar with how it's supposed to go in a cliched way. And I think that that mm-hmm. comes, he should be more awkward about it, I would guess. Yeah. There's a, um, on Supergirl this season, um, there's a character that is, uh, Brainiac 5, I think. He's from the future and he's, uh, like the, a human, humanoid version of the Brainiac AI. And uh, he's he acts very much as someone who he's kind of like data where he's trying to learn about human society and everything. But he's falling in love with this other character. And it's like delightfully awkward because he doesn't he doesn't know exactly. It's like if data actually fell in love with somebody Mm -hmm. uh, where he had the capacity to love but didn't know the the exact natural steps to accomplish it. Right. Um, And I feel like it should be more like that where he's. He's he's not totally sure. He's kind of doing what he thinks he should be doing, but it's not necessarily the right thing. Or right. I don't know. Well, he's had, too, yeah, he's too comfortable. They had that um, the episode where Data has a relationship with that woman. I don't know if you watched that one, but the the thing about Data is that you know Data being Data, he downloads like all the information about what it's like to be in a relationship. So his actions come across like he read a self help book about how yes. to be in a relationship, yeah. which feels very yeah. Data like. And I wouldn't think that Odo would be that way, but. Odo, yeah, just Odo's, I just really hated that he's like, you could you tell it was my first time? She says, no, Odo, yeah. I couldn't tell. You were wonderful. I've, yeah, I feel like Odo should be doing stuff like countering the bedroom eyes with, by saying like, well, your eyebrows are very well trimmed. Right. You know, something <laughs> yeah, like right. that, where he's he's making an effort, but it's the, the dart is not in the, exactly the right place. Right, yep, yep. And that's why he goes to Bashir, because Bashir gets the darts exactly where it needs to be. <laughs> which is a dirtier reference than I expected it to be, but it works out, I think. Um, nice. Will, <laughs> Will Yates says, I think this episode does a great job in both character and universe building. It's good to see some humans live outside the Federation, but they aren't Maquis. I did like that Cisco had to ask Kira, isn't it, about Odo's first romp, but it was directly after the creepiest reading of That's Nice from the 90s. The two Hell kill- yeah. The creepiest two kill- or best? <laughs> the two killers were spot on, and I really believe that they had ice water in their veins. The first love angle rang true with all the pillow talk and deep longing, which made it all the more heartbreaking when it was ripped away for a reason that Odo himself might approve of. I think that the last scene of Odo might have been him looking to his people and feeling truly alone, and as though things would be easier if he were with them. Final thought, did anyone else think it was weird that Odo shapeshifted nipples? It is, and it's, it's weird that they prominently... It's <laughs> a really uh, good point. <laughs> they prominently showed them. Uh, let's see that's what i'm talking about like if he overcompensated and just had like these dinner plate nipples <laughs> on his chest yeah i mean i'm glad we haven't talked about his uh you know his his uh equipment i suppose because there's a uh-huh. lot there's a lot of stuff that you want to think about there i suppose but i thought about it all last night and i can't talk about it anymore um Holly McLaughlin says, a simple investigation. I liked the actress much better on TNG than in this one, but it was nice to see Odo do something other than moon over Kira. I had to look this up. The actress was on the Masterpiece Society of TNG, uh, which I did not remember. Mm. Uh, simple investigation. Come on, Wes. Simple Get your invest- head out of your ass. It's too much. There's only so much data that can go into my brain about Star Trek, and some of it's leaking out at this point. Matthew Ross says... I think this is placed out of order in the series. It should have been around the time of the ascent and before Odo regains his shape-shifting. Otherwise, mm. it's quickly paced and just adds up to a facet, another facet to a lonely Odo. Kira seems to be sort of feeling sorry for him and pushes him to almost emotionless criminal victim Orissa. As much as the O'Brien must suffer trope so that Odo 
as much as the O'Brien must suffer trope so that Odo must be heartbroken. The sex scenes seem oddly wrong. Since he can only join with the Link, what exactly does he get out of sex with Orisa? Just that puts it in the wrong uh, slot in the series. Regardless, I still enjoyed the intrigue in the second pause in our war coverage. Was that written with that pause in there, or did you do that? No, he he literally wrote UHM, so I, oh, okay. I had to read it. <laughs> well done. Uh, he he kind of brings up a good point, though. Uh, do you think this would be more effective if it was while he was still human? It I... Oh, I think that's kind of a common sentiment. Uh, the producers seem to think that as well. I still yeah. feel it doesn't change Odo. Like him mm. being human physically does not change Odo's mental capacity at all. He's still mm-hmm. the same person. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, maybe thematically it works, but I don't I don't think it really adds anything. The only thing that him being a changeling does is it brings up a lot of questions about how this actually works for him. Um where you wouldn't have those questions if he was human, because you'd be like, "Well, this is how it works." Uh, but but what do you, what do you think? Do you think that it's actually mistimed? Um, if you're just taking the actual straight up same episode and transplanting it, um, <clears throat> I think the only thing it really changes is the uh, mechanics yeah. of essentially the love scene. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it hurts unless, to I mean, move it to when he was human, no. but I don't know if it adds that much. I think you could, I think you could argue that it, it would work better because he would have that connection to being human. So he would be more open to the relationship that he ends up having. And it kind of smooths out those things we were talking about in, in terms of the way that he should maybe be relating mm-hmm. to this whole concept. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it, I think, Maybe it would have benefit, but I don't know if it would be like uh, I don't think it would be like a seismic shift. Yeah, yeah. I think then, and I've mentioned before my problem with Odo becoming a human is completely the fact that I don't find his shape shifting to be that alienating. I like I yeah, don't. Yeah. I just don't. If, if Odo had a completely alien point of view, I think that that's a different thing than just changing his body so that he can't shape shift. Um, yeah. Kyle Barrett says. Even Rene Echevarria can't make a one-off romance episode of Star Trek work, although this one is more successful than many previous attempts. It would have worked better when Odo was a solid, but him getting his V-card punched feels like a key part of his character progression either way. The makeup did him no favors, though, with Odo's big fake nose awkwardly digging into Arissa's cheek every time they kissed. <laughs> I did I did notice that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could have done without the hitmen being shitty Tarantino characters, complete with the Star Trek equivalent of the oh man, I shot Marvin in the face scene from Pulp Fiction at the start of the episode. It's also odd that the promenade in Quirk's Bar closes at night. The station should be like an airport and bustling with new arrivals and departures at all hours. And they're in space. There is no night. This Mm. is another episode where they mentioned the day of the week. I don't know if you noticed that, Clay. They said, let's do this on Saturday when they were talking about Bashir's holodeck thing. That is a good good point, though. You, You would think you would get, like, intense cabin fever on Deep Space Nine. Because there's not only is there no days... But there's no like internal change in the environment and like the light sources and anything. Yeah, it's just always that constant like mid-level lighting. Yeah, because yeah. uh, <laughs> you know it's a television show. But like they should dim the lights. It would be like living night, in a casino. Yeah, I mean they should. I in theory, yeah, yeah. If you want to keep any sort of like consistency to it, it'd be like um, when you fly in an airplane overnight. They dim the lights to make it at least feel yeah. like they're, yeah. you're having a nighttime. Yeah, and I I'm surprised that they haven't worked in to the quarters on deep space nine those like uh 
wall screen things where it's like I can pick any sort of uh, environment that I want. So today, you know, you know, like they do in Sunshine where they yes. have that like decompression room where they just hang out in the jungle for a while. Right, and just, right. You know, th- like that kind of thing to keep you from going crazy. I guess that's what the holodeck is supposed to do. That's though, right? true. You're supposed to do, but it seems to only be for fucking people. <laughs> or or playing or playing a, a some sort of dress up game in which you eventually have sex with. Somebody. I I do. I really some underappreciated thing I've learned from this DS9 watch uh, through is that they really just gave up the pretense that anyone's doing anything other than having sex on the holodeck. With, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's really really like Dax's name in the in the program too is Miss Want Some More or something. <laughs> is it? I didn't yeah. even catch that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that works. Um let's So see. like <laughs> you know how Odo just walks in and casually walks up to the moving car that Bashir is in? Mm-hmm. Um is there like if you walked into that into the holodeck would it just be like people would you just be able to see everybody having sex with weird holograms <laughs> you think that's the program bashir should lock the door for um, yeah although o'brien's in there although i guess that doesn't really say anything yeah just waiting. I, <laughs> I mean if you if you walked into the holodeck are there grips just kind of pushing the car to make it look like it's moving when he like walks up to the hologram <laughs> car or is the car actually hologram moving grips <laughs> Uh, Captain Quark, last comment. A simple this, isn't, this program's not working because the best boy algorithm is on the fritz. <laughs> it's all wrong. Uh, Captain Quark says, interesting attempt at a film noir on DS9. I can't say that the story was terribly interesting or memorable, but I enjoyed the performances, especially from the lead guest actress. The hitmen brought a bit more color to their character than I would expect, which was welcome. It will be forever known as the episode where Odo gets some. I agree. I agree with that. Thank you, patrons, and thank you for leaving your comments. It's always nice when you guys leave some comments that we can read through. And thank you very much for your thoughts. Thank you very much for supporting the show at patreon.com slash file. Clay, on a mm. scale of one to five, what are you going to give this one? You seem to like it a little bit more than I do. I do. Um, I was coming in at a four, but uh, I think after talking about it, I'd say a high three. I still really like it. I still think there's a lot of good stuff in it, um, and the character stuff works really well for me, I think. Uh so I'm going to give it a high three. Okay. I'll give it a two. Um, certainly not my favorite. Uh, it's not horrible or anything like that. I just, it, it really, it's just not an episode that really grabs me. Um, it sort of leaves me wanting a little bit more, uh, lusting mm-hmm. a little bit more than I actually do. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things that I, I feel like it's pretty talky and I never really feel invested in anything that's going on. I like the scenes with the crew, but outside of that, it just feels a little bit flat, and it's also just a sort of pet peeve about how they characterize Odo that I never really get into, and I never really feel that those episodes work that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it. Guys, thank you very much for supporting the show. Clay gives it a high three. I give it a two. It's called A Simple Investigation. Up next is Business as Usual. Is but I'm going to be giving Odo a high five, if you know what I'm talking that's about. That's right. Oh, hey. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Nice. <laughs> is that Cisco's only line? And Like, he has a little I bit more after is. that, but it's his only appearance, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would be... Uh, another maybe funny thing about DS9, Cisco is not prominent in a way that the other captains are on the other series. Mm. Do you feel yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, they've... They've really dialed him back, especially, I think, in the last couple seasons. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I kind of feel like for the better, uh, because I think I I like one of the things that I like about this show is it seems like a real ensemble 
and in that there's no one character who I think is the main character anymore in mm-hmm. a way where I, you could, I think you can watch TNG and say, well, Picard is the main character. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kirk is the main character. Like, the, I, there's always the one guy who's kind of carrying everything. I don't feel that way as much in DS9. I think their character work is good enough that they've, everybody kind of carries things equally for the most part. Yeah. There's less of a, um, there's less of a focus on the command structure, which creates that yeah. kind of lead character thing because Picard or Kirk always has to finalize what they're going to do with a plan. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the DS9 episodes move away from that. And, well, they have their Star Trek-y sci-fi military organization scenes. A lot of the episodes don't really focus on that kind of interactions with them. Um, which is funny because when you see DS9 and you see them start to do the standard Star Trek-y stand at your station and talk about what's going on stuff, it, it always sticks mm-hmm. out to me. It feels like it's like it doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, the only time you really see that is either on the Defiant or uh, in that what the hell is that room? Is it like the comms room or something? Or the ops that, ops room. The ops room, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are the only two times you ever really see that. And, uh, They're usually yeah, they, under always, attack when it happens. Yeah. There's, there's usually someone firing at them is the only time that it really sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice that the one time they do it in this one is everybody's just kind of talking shit. Yep, exactly. Although, uh, you know, I was disgusted by the Odo uh, scene. Do you know what the other thing that disgusted me in this episode Armin Shimmerman uh, licking cream, uh, whipped cream off his finger was revolting. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gross. <laughs> that was disgusting. I don't need to see that ever again. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. We are done with a simple investigation. Thank you very much. All the social media is down below. Twitter, Facebook, Discord. If you want to join the conversation at Discord, there's a link to do that. You can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. And mention the show online somewhere. That's how you get new listeners. Mention it on Reddit, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? No. Uh, If you you find yourself in a comic book store and you see a book called Night Moves or a book called Poser, please pick it up. I'd be much obliged. And uh, listen to Badass Podcast. We talk about Batman the Animated Series. A lot of fun. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And continue watching all the other shows. We've got Real Ripe and Real Rotten. We just talked about Leap Year. Just terrible, but you should go listen to the mm. podcast. Um, and then we have the Radio Star Murders where we're talking about music videos. And so thank you very much, guys, for listening. We will be back with more Discovery coverage and more DS9 coverage. The next episode is Business as Usual, uh, which I believe is a Ferengi episode. So we'll get into the Ferengi state of mind in a couple days. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.